Are you looking for the best tips and tricks to run a successful dental practice? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bulletproof Dental Practice, interviewing some of today's most successful dentists with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast. Today is actually a repeat episode. Blake, I have with us uh, Blake McClellan on and he's not a dentist, but he works in the dental industry, and this is the second time recording. The first time we recorded, it was interrupted, and from a continuity standpoint, I wanted to get, uh, I didn't want to just pick up with a, I wanted to just do a, a redo. So, Blake, you were nice enough to redo this. For the audience out there, give a little bit of background, because I think I did you a disservice when we did this the first time. Give a little background on, on who you are. You're in the space of dentistry, right? I won't do your intro. Why don't you, why don't you give us kind of a quick background of who you are? And then um, we'll get into what we're going to talk about today, which is super exciting and relevant. Yeah. So currently I am the CEO and co-founder of a dental application called Implant Compare, which what we do is we live stream surgeries, courses, lectures, all tailored to uh, perio surgery, oral surgery, implants, and all of that. So uh, that's my startup right now. We're in our second year. And then my other Ventures uh, include ProMed Cells, which is a oral surgery sedation dentistry supply company uh, based out of North Atlanta, and I'm a partner in that company. And then I also am a partner in a uh, Vital Science Technologies, which is a uh, patient monitoring company focused on dental patient monitoring. So I, I kind of dabble in a lot of more of the oral surgery side, but I've been in dentistry for about eight years now. Nice. And you, and for the record, you, Blake outfitted my offices. All of my offices are sedation, uh, IV sedation ready. And um, Blake's company helped out and you were, you were great, uh, a great resource for it, buddy. Cause it's kind of the, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and something like that. Um, so I got to know Blake through a couple of my doctors and we actually went to dinner um, recently to um, what was even the point of that dinner? I mean, I know I think we were talking about the sedation setup. If I sedation don't setup, right? And yeah. so it was all of us sitting around talking, and then Blake and I kind of went went on a different tangent and started talking about um, we geeked out on on blockchain and cryptocurrency and and stuff like that. And so really, I want to well, well, first I want to go back and talk about the implant compare because. Um, it's such a cool emerging technology and I love that you're leveraging the power of video and the live surgery. So if you guys are, are fans of implant dentistry or that's what you do, um, check out, check out, is it on face? Is it on, how does the, the streaming take place? Like, so we are, we have the application available on iTunes, Google play, and our website is what's called a web app. So it functions like an application. So you mm -hmm. just go to implant compare and use that as well uh, on your desktop, laptop or whatever. Um, and then when we stream, we stream internally. And so we have certain contributors, universities, companies that we either go in in person and do a studio production or, we set them up with the back end dashboard and they go live on their own, mm -hmm. like a dental camera or something like that. Um, you know, my business partner, Zach, uh, he used to be with IBM's Watson team. Now he's with a, an AI chatbot. And, you know, together we're trying to bridge the gap between tech and dentistry. Uh, I think there's a big gap between medical and tech in general, but typically medical has a lot of funding behind it. Whereas dentistry is a, another just it's its own black sheep in its way where there's a larger market. However, uh, per client, if you will, the value, the, the money's not there where a spine surgery, a company can net 20, 30, $40,000 off a procedure. Dentistry right. doesn't have that luxury. So uh, we're trying to take some notes from what's over there and, and bring in, in medical as well as just in tech in general and bring that into dentistry. So one of our first things has been implant compare and, you know, bridging the gap of education and making live uh, video is we've seen to be really resourceful. Your content, I mean, even your Instagram's content is, is top notch. And, um, and it's really, you know, that's not the space that I live in from a procedural standpoint, but I know that, you know, one of my partner, actually, you're, you're featuring on, I think towards the end of the month, right. And you're doing a, a live surgery with Dr. Andrew Curry, right? Yeah. We're going to do a, uh, a full arch surgery uh, with Nobel nice. implants uh, on the 29th of January. So we're going to stream nice. that. It's going to be a really nice procedure, but we found that the audience watches live content versus on demand five times longer. And we, we have like a live chat engagement feature too. So they can actually type in their questions as if they're in a room or at a study club or a course or whatever it may be. So it really kind of gives them that 
same experience, but from the convenience of their home or wherever they may be. So we do it all in HD and, you know, we ask the doctor the questions as they come in through the, through the application. We'll ask them and he'll answer as he goes through it. So it's really neat. And uh, yeah, I think the surgery on the 29th is going to be great. We need to do that um, in the cosmetic standpoint front, front for sure. We're definitely uh, being asked to go there. You know, it's an in, I've had a couple of Indos reach out and ask us. I, you know, we're, I, I would if I went back, I would probably change the name. I wouldn't have done Implant Compare, maybe. <laughs> but I, we will probably just make a separate application. But we are going to expand out to other things. Nice. Uh, we're just trying to make sure that we perfect the art in what we're doing now, and then expand out. You, how old are you, Blake? Uh, Thirty. Okay, so you, uh, I'm very envious of of your age and, um, and your gumption. And I heard you actually on another podcast recently and you used the term, which resonated with me because I think it's been an affliction in my life is a terminal entrepreneur. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's, it's like a lot of things. Sometimes, you know, it's a blessing and it's a curse because you get, um, you, sometimes you can't say no to this exciting and this emerging stuff that happens either in our field or around you, or you just can't say no because you get so, I don't know, just excited about it. And I, I suffer from the same uh, affliction. It, it is tough. You know, I, that, that term came in jest talking to, uh, to my, one of my business partners. He actually quoted it in his book because it, it, it resonates with, once you have that disease, you, you can really empathize with that role. Yeah. And, so what I was, where I was going with that, the envy of your age is that you, you've got so much going on and you're wearing a lot of hats and and literally like, you know, you think about like, wow, what would I do if I was in Blake's shoes knowing what I know now kind of thing. And so um, I dig it, man. You know, the little time I've spent with you, I, I've, uh, I admire you and I, I'm, I'm hoping and, and uh, I'm an advocate for your successes. So I, I'm, you're going to have a big future for sure. Um, I appreciate so, it. I hope so. <laughs> so, I, you know, this is obviously a dental podcast. Um, it's a systems and marketing driven podcast, a lot of leadership but I also think that we're living in this time where I wanted to, so I wanted to get you on to talk about what our divergent talk was over dinner the other night, which was blockchain and the cryptocurrencies and not just like talk about currencies and, and can we make money right now and all this stuff, but really what it is and explain the genesis of it, um, how it will apply in not just the currency application, but into smart contracts, medical records, stuff like that. Because I, th- and I want to bring this to our podcast because number one, I think the listeners um, are very on top of their game. And I think awareness is an amazing thing to have, right? Just either self-awareness or situational awareness is an amazing thing to have if you intend to thrive in this economy and not just this, not just the dental space, but um, going forward. So I'm excited to, you know, when I, I thought I was kind of a, you know, um, well-versed in crypto and then I heard you talk and I was like, Hmm, maybe I don't know so much about this. (laughs) Well, the secret is no one really does. Well, that Uh, is the cool part too. And I think that goes back to the terminal, the terminal entrepreneurs. When you hear something that's interesting, like literally I've become almost, uh, obsessed with it because even just, just the blockchain itself obsessed with it because I didn't know much about it. And it was such a cool thing. That's going to change the industry, almost like the fax machine and the internet. You know, you, when, when you have the fax machine, people are like the internet, that, that won't work. Like this is not going to work, right? It's almost that new. And you, you only get so many of those in your, in your lifespan, right? In your one right. ticket on this earth, you get, you get a couple of those like glimpses into Categoric change, you know, where where the where the world changes and it can't unring that bell. And so I think this is one of those times, honestly. Um, I, I agree, you know, and, and I would compare it to a few different categories, like you said, the internet. Um, I think with uh, cell phones, I think as well at you know, and smart devices, and and then you know, using them for what we do now as basically our entire life in a little device we carry everywhere. You know, you watch some of these older movies and a lot of them kind of predicted the future, right? These visionaries in, in Hollywood, you know, you look at Tron and all these different things, these things are becoming realities. And mm-hmm. you have to keep that open mindset. Uh, the millennials are going to change things. They get a lot of flack and, and they're called lazy. And I mean, we are, I mean, we don't even want to enter our credit card number uh, again on an application. And we don't want to go outside and wait on our car to arrive. We want it to text us when it's there, you know? So we are finding shortcuts that improve the inf- inefficiencies in life. And we're leveraging technology to do so because we've been raised up on it. And so, you know, you look at stem cells too, right? It's applicable to, to the medical field. 
with stem cells, we still don't fully understand their capabilities and embryonic stem cells and the different kinds of, you know, MSCs and amnion and stuff like that. So, you know, we know they can do great things and we're still exploring them and we're a little bit more educated on them now than we were 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. There was no way we were going to allow embryonic stem cell research and stuff like that. So now we've evolved and we've adapted it. So I think blockchain is in that same thing right now where granted it started in 2009 and it was Bitcoin. It was a currency, but the, mm-hmm. it's the algorithm behind it and what it is is what's powerful. And that's where we're just now discovering the capabilities and how we can apply that to our everyday life, just like AI. So we'll make the disclaimer right now because every, whenever someone talks about anything finance or currency, it, the lawyers always say it's wise to just say that we're not financial advisors. This is just a fireside chat about stuff like this. Um, but because I wouldn't want anyone coming back and saying, hey, you encourage me to invest. So this is by no means investment advice. This is just food for thought in a lot of instances. So Blake, walk us through the genesis since you know a lot about this. Walk us through the genesis of blockchain and maybe even how Bitcoin is because it's somewhat mysterious and it's, it's, uh, it's evolution. So yeah, walk us through the technology so that we can extrapolate some other things later in the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, again, I don't suggest any trading or investing advice, but I mean, you know, what I've told every one of my friends when I told them to invest in, in cryptocurrency was put throw away money into it. So, you know, even if you do decide to go invest again, guys, but throw away money into it, not stuff that you need to live and survive. But there's horror stories going on right now and like people taking out mortgages and like, it's just a mess. And then we, today, as of today, it was, well, yesterday was like what they call bloody Tuesday, you know, one of the worst days in crypto. So I didn't want to cut you off, but yes, only invest with money, fun money, you know, money that if you lose it, you're like, eh, all right. Exactly. Well, and, and to date where we're at, right? So yesterday was, you know, Red Tuesday or Bloody Tuesday. It was, uh, it hit below 11,000. I think it actually went down to just below 10,000 at one point on right. Bitcoin. And so now we're back around 11,000 plus now and stuff. Everything's starting to look green again. But um, Bitcoin, to go back and, and start this conversation, we'll say what it is. So Bitcoin is a byproduct of a blockchain. And what blockchain is, is a distributed ledger that is decentralized. So, and the reason why it gets this name blockchain is that every time a transaction happens, it adds it to the block, right? So transaction number one is block, you know, and it's processed and validated, then that's block one. Then the next transaction would be block two and whatnot. So, and to dive a little bit deeper below that surface and what that means is essentially it's an ecosystem of a network of computers, which are mm-hmm. what are called nodes. They act as uh, validators to the transaction. So it's, I use analogy, you know, with fantasy football. And that's I like would, an algorithm. Sorry to cut you out, but that's like yeah. an algorithm that determines its um, authenticity of the transaction, right? Correct. And there's many of them. So that's the other part of, of this. It, it, there's two names. There's blockchain and distributed ledger technology. They're very similar. I'm actually taking a course on EDX right now on uh blockchain and business applications and things like that in the process and uploading. So I'm learning more every day as well. So why, so, so for those of people who don't know, like why would decentralization be a good thing? You know, cause we think about centralization being, well, it's centralized. It's awesome. It's efficient. Why would decentralization be, be uh, advantageous for us today? Okay. So let's look at it high level. Blockchain is a network of computers that participate in this ecosystem of transactions and validating these transactions and make sure they're not, uh, in a, or, you know, something malicious. The reason why decentralized is good. Let's say that you have uh, your Equifax, right? And you have your, all your databases centralized. Now you only have one point that hackers need to attack. Mm-hmm. They can spend all their time and all their energy attacking that one point because they know that's where all the valuable data is. With blockchain, it's constantly circulating around. And the way that the algorithm works is that it gets even more complex to attack every moment that transaction is taking place. Every, for every second going on, it gets more complex and, and, more, tougher, and, and more difficult to, to attack mm-hmm. because it's bouncing around. So it just says you go to point A and you think that the, 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 the data is there at point A, it's already moved to point B. And by the time you get to point B, it's already at D. So it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It, it's an exponential growth every time. So with that is 
in order for a transaction to take place in a, in a blockchain uh, or in Bitcoin, it takes, you know, six validators uh, to, to process that transaction. So six computers or nodes that act as many servers in that ecosystem have to say this matches all the data before and the data that you say you want to process. So it says it validates all the transactions that happened before. Nothing looks like it's broken. Nothing in the code or the blockchain looks uh, wrong or malicious. And this transaction seems validated. I'm moving it on to node two. Then it goes around in some random order and starts going around to different nodes. Now, depending on the algorithm, it may go to the most powerful node or computer or, or, or processor on that blockchain or others do it randomly or others do it based on how much coin is held, uh, how much of that currency is held in that blockchain because every blockchain is different. Mm -hmm. So there's different algorithms that work in different ways. Bitcoin is the most robust or cumbersome and robust process of them all. It takes six transactions an hour is, is what it can process, I believe, six or seven. Yeah. Um, a long time. And, right, right. And it costs about $10 a transaction. So if I wanted to send you Bitcoin right now, it would take about an hour or so, and then it, it would cost me $10 to do so. Well, that kind of defeats where one of the big selling point is, a point to blockchain is fast transfer of money. That's what the first thing that they're really using it for right now. It's very easy to move currency around a blockchain and process that. And so for that, that's where everybody thinks that blockchain is only a currency because the big bubble, the big wave, invest in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and all these different ones. And so Bitcoin really is, think of it as, the, as gold. It is kind of this gold standard. Most of these currencies have a... Bitcoin trade ratio. So you're not really trading all these different other currencies against the dollar. You're trading it against Bitcoin and then you're trading Bitcoin against the dollar. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you're really going to, Bitcoin is that stored value. And so it's less volatile while still very volatile, as we've seen. <laughs> it is less volatile than all the, the, a lot of the other ones because of the market cap and the, uh, the amount of time it takes to process a transaction and all that. So some of these other blockchains, uh, they're not just currency. I mean, you look at Ripple, they, they want to revolutionize banking. So their algorithm is not as cumbersome. The way that a network works is it's a lot faster so they can process thousands of transactions per minute versus just a few per hour like Bitcoin. So what they're trying to do is, is out, apply this distributed ledger technology to banking. And why we'll go back to why distributed ledger is so important is it keeps everybody honest. It doesn't matter. There is no manipulation there. The, the, the smart contracts execute an agreement for whatever set price or whatever the terms are. It automatically executes it, and then it always logs everything because it keeps all of that data. Mm -hmm. and, and it keeps it safe, too, because, again, when I said where the name blockchain comes from is it's a chain of blocks. So every transaction is a block, and when those blocks take place, it, they're compiled down. So the, the first transaction is going to be the most, the most secure because it's getting smashed and covered and, and all these piles of other transactions are taking place on it. Um, and so I, me, Bitcoin is kind of like the gateway, um, the gateway coin. And I want to get into talking about like some of the coins and the ICO and some of the differences in there. And we'll give kind of a high level um, because I think that's super interesting, especially given even we, we recorded the first time uh, two, two weeks ago. And so much has even transpired in that two weeks from the first time you and I were on the podcast, the first attempt at the podcast. Um, but talk to, let's back up for a second, go to the blockchain, because I want to see what really was my gateway was learning about Bitcoin and then learning about like, Oh, wow, there's a lot more applicability just universally in our economy. And then I thought dental records, medical records, like, things like that, that we, that we as practitioners really struggle with, because as you know, Blake, we have these proprietary softwares that don't talk to each other. You know, records are not standardized in dentistry. You know, they, the government tried to do, you know, what is it? The national health record or EHR yeah. stuff, you know, and that's just, hasn't really gone into dentistry. And so we're, we're constantly calling other offices. Hey, can I get the x-rays? But I was thinking to myself, like, how cool would it be if there was a, a authenticated blockchain transfer, um, you know, that was HIPAA compliant and all this stuff from, you know, patient to patient. And we could travel with our records knowing that they were secure, just like a financial transaction. Yeah. And, and you know, I'll be honest, listeners are probably still going, you know, 
what is this blockchain again? So I'll, I'll kind of point out the key points of it. So it takes whatever contract or agreement, this, this ledger that you're going to do, turns it into a cryptic hash, this long letter and number uh, hash, and then it processes into the blockchain and then it's bounced around randomly. And, and again, this data is constantly cycling through and constantly being buried under more data, keep it even more secure. So essentially, it's a very fast, rapid way to move data in a very encrypted way. And, and, and make transactions between users in anywhere in the world very fast and instantaneously. So that being said, uh, everybody is racking their brain on how this applies to their industry and their sector. And like you said, uh, for medical records, um, there is a company out there right now doing medical records and their name is Patientory. They're based out of Atlanta, actually. Uh, they are on the uh, most of the exchanges. They're known as PTOY, PTOY. Um, I actually do invest in it from time to time. I day trade a lot of, of cryptocurrencies just okay. because they're so volatile. You can make yeah, 20% yeah. up in a day. So I buy on dips and I, and I sell on highs. That's just the way that I've traded. It's just safer in, in my opinion. But that being said, Patientory, what they did is they took these hospitals that had these huge systems, right? There's no need for your dental practice to have the servers that it has and the, the, mm -hmm. the IT cost that you have. But unfortunately, that's the way the industry standard has been set. Everybody mm -hmm. has to maintain their own servers and internet and all that stuff. So, and you're so vulnerable. You don't have some guy in a, in a basement or a team 24 hours around watching to see if there's any type of, no one does in this industry. 100%, yes. Yeah. And so it's very ridiculous how the process is right now because there's no interoperability and no one can communicate with anybody else. Everything's got their own proprietary version and software. So there's no interoperability with these things. And so the same thing is happening in medical. And, and I think patient choice is probably seeing that hurdle as well. But what they've done is they've been able to take their servers and turn them into miners. And so for listeners wondering what a miner is, remember we talked about these other computers on the blockchain network act as mini servers and validators. Well, what they do is they take a lot of computing power to keep processing the blockchain and validating all that data. Well, that being said, they get rewarded with that currency, let's say if they're an, a miner on a Bitcoin network and they process those transactions, they get what's called a, a, a reward for you know, mining that coin. So they get rewarded 12 and a half uh, Bitcoin per block that they mine, which takes a lot of electricity and computational power. So, they, they, so patient toys applied that same thing to the hospitals and they've taken their systems and the things that they have and they turned them into mini miners to help process the data and to encourage them to continue to do this and made mm. this, inter, uh, this, you know, blockchain health record. So it's, are they only that. doing medical right now, this company? They're only doing medical right now. And, and it's just such a huge hill to climb. Again, everybody loves the, t uh, the name medical when it comes to tech there, right. everybody's trying to get First, into medical. Yeah. the VCs want you to go that route. I mean, even for me, we did our VCs and we our, our VC pitches and went to these tech competitions and did pretty well actually. And everyone wanted us to go into medical. We even talked to Techstars CEO in LA and he wanted us to, you know, be more focused on Cedar Sinai and what they, we could benefit them. So everybody in tech wants medical. And I think that's why they went that route and why everybody mm -hmm. goes that route. I think the same product could be used in dentistry, but the problem is scaling it because each client, again, a hospital has this much, you know, a, a, an yeah. exponential value com compared to a dental practice. And so it just takes more time and more work. And that's just how it goes. But it will be something uh, that is, should be looked at. I think there's been one dental ICO. And for those who don't know, okay, we'll, we'll take a step back and say, you know, an ICO is what's, it's an, an initial coin offering. It's the new term in, in cryptocurrency, blockchain uh, currencies, if you will. And it's just like an IPO. Hey, we're going to make a company where you have this great idea. And we're going to do this. We're going to raise money in cryptocurrency. Well, the problem with that is, is that no one really has a product to market yet. Even Patientory is still, you know, working on getting that there. The only thing that's really being used in blockchain right now is just as a currency and smart contracts, which are easy to execute. Mm -hmm. But to build a application and build this whole robust system or, you know, they're trying to get voting on blockchain because then it can't be manipulated and we can't manipulate poll, the poll stations anymore. And that data stays safe. And so there's so many different things, but again, we're a year and a half to two years to having these products really out. So most of these companies are selling a dream, 
and their right. MVP won't be available for a couple of years. And so what they do is they make a white paper and they make MVP a nice website. is minimal viable product. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> making sure. Yes. Sometimes I think different MVP when I'm yeah. in the sports sand. <laughs> yeah. So a minimum viable product, I mean, it, it's, they're really not going to have anything for, for quite some time. And so really you're just doing a crowdfunding really. And so you're there. Some of these uh, ICOs too. I mean, a lot of these products don't need a currency to s stimulate it. You know, if you have to go buy, uh, let's talk about the dental Dentacoin, right? The one, the mm -hmm. dental ICO, they think that they're going to get patients to buy into this currency and use it as payment to you clinicians. Well, why would I pay transaction fees and go buy Bitcoin and then transfer that to Dentacoin and then a very volatile currency that may drop 30% in a day? Why would I invest in that to go pay you when I could just pay you in cash? Yeah, that's the wrong arbitrage for sure. Right. So, so again, there's a lot of things that just, it takes a design thinking session and really evaluating the market. And I had a team together that we were still exploring this for dental records, but mm -hmm. we want to see the tech turn into MVPs first, right? Because um, it, it really, we want to see it working and, and, and make sure that it can execute appropriately, but we wouldn't use a utility coin like that. Hey everybody, I want to thank you again for listening to the show. If you're interested in all in staying in touch with us and communicating with us on some updates that we've got going on, I want you to whip out your phone and text the word BULLETPROOF to 345-345. Again, 345-345. We'll be using that as a means to communicate about the upcoming Bulletproof Summit that's happening here in Atlanta in October at the St. Regis. It's going to be awesome. Um, probably somewhere in the middle of the month, but the date is yet to be determined and we will um, start communicating as soon as we have the finalized details. Also, to announce the book launch that's happening here, Craig and I have been working very diligently on um, getting this book finished and produced and putting on the, the, the final details and we're super excited to go to launch with that, which should be happening soon. We'd love to have your support there as well. Anyway, I hope to connect soon and have an awesome day. You know, it's one of those things, the more research you do, it's not a matter of, of if this stuff transpires, it's, it's when, right? Right, right. And I think there's a, there's a fine line between first to market and best to market, you know, so right. uh, there's going to be some that just get out there first. And, and, you know, with an ICO, it's really easy, it's easy to do an ICO, initial coin offering, just a right. website, a team and, and a white paper. And so, you know, you put it out there and then all of a sudden now you have a $30 million company, you know, overnight. Mm -hmm. So that's why the, the attraction to cryptocurrency right now is that, you know, these companies are raising money out of nowhere because you've got some 19 year old kid in his basement, his mom and dad's basement who has 10 million in Bitcoin because he bought a bunch of it in 2009, you know, for, for next to nothing, put a few thousand dollars in and now he's, you know, he's a millionaire overnight or well over a few years. So uh, their money to them is still not real. It's still monopoly money. So they don't care. They'll hear here's I'll put a hundred thousand dollars into this little idea. It sounds good. So you're going to see a lot of these companies, these currencies, um, one turn into great companies. I mean, ripple in my opinion is, is really going to do some great things already partnered with Western union and Amex and all these other different institutions. I think they will revolutionize banking. You know, mm -hmm. JP Morgan gave a lot of the CEO, Johnny Damon came out and said, Bitcoin's a scam and all this stuff. But it, uh, JP Morgan's been, applying for patents with blockchain if had like 85 applications shut down or something of the sort. I don't want to misquote, but yeah, they're all, well, in it's it. kind of obvious why they don't want it. Right. Because right. it renders them a little bit, you know, um, irrelevant. Right. Right. You know, right. you can trade on your own now. It's, 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 you know, you get on these different trading platforms and now you're a day trader yourself and this currency moves around for much lower transactions. There's, there's a lot of benefits to it. The currency is just right now, it has the face value and it's really exciting. I mean, I, I got in when the market cap, I think was at like 50 billion or something like that, which is late to the really? game. Wow. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I think right the coolest that, part about it is that, you know, being able to cross borders, not having all these fiat currencies that you have to exchange with, knowing that like if shit hits the fan and you want to move and, you know, and you go off grid, you know, you can take your, you can take your dollars with you or you can move to Peru or whatever. And like, you're good. As right? long so as you I have your hard drive, it won't go anywhere. It, you or, on your computer and it won't go anywhere.
Yeah. So I think that's the cool, I think that's what was neat about it. And, and I think the applicability and just the, the decentralization concept on all around in our economy, I think it's cool. Cause I think when you remove the people who are in power, you know, not to be like, Oh, the, you know, fight the people, but, or fight the power. But I, I think when one, when one entity holds the power and tells you yes or no, I think that's not a good thing. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's look like, again, I would go back to the Equifax deal. You know, we, they voluntarily just take our information and, and put it in this server. We have no say on it. It's our valuable. It's our life or, you know, into their yeah. database and it gets hacked and it's like, Oh, sorry, you're out of luck. You know? So I think, that's where the major applications right now that they see in blockchain beyond currency next yep. phase two is, if you will, is going to be identity management and logistics. Um, there's a lot of issues with logistics and, you know, SAP's done very well with the logistics management and software and stuff like that. And I think that's going to be blockchain is going to be the new SAP in a sense, in that sense, it's going to become okay. a standard in logistics, but they're again, still trying to figure that out. But identity management is the other major key for this. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Where do you see the next deployment? You know, obviously cryptocurrency is just one, um, one evidence of the technology of blockchain, but where do you see the, the next deployment of the technology in, in our, in our world? I think, uh, yeah, I think those two, as well as smart utilizing the smart contract feature of it all, um, it takes for like a real estate transactions, even real estate, like whatever that. it may be. Let's say you want to go buy a $2 million, uh, you know, a Saudi prince wants to buy a $2 million yacht or something like that. He just wires the money. It's done. It's a simple transaction tr a transfer fee. Mm -hmm. And it, it's all the titles electronically, electronically transferred and all of that. So there will be a lot of applications in that side of things too. It may, it may turn into like a legal zoom type deal of, of that. But identity management and logistics, and I take that from IBM. I've met with IBM's um, blockchain group. They have a product. They have an enterprise solution for blockchain. It's called uh, Hyperledger Fab Fabric, which I've studied in. I'm studying on right now. And mm -hmm. they, have what's, they have a few of them now, but they have inter enterprise solutions for blockchain so that you don't have to worry about creating this product and getting it out there and getting all these random people to adopt being on this blockchain to, to this again it's decentralized so it's only as valuable as the number of people that you get onto it mm -hmm. acting as many nodes to expand the data out and make it this big spider web effect so it's even harder to chase the data around so what ibm does they have an ibm uh, their enterprise solution and they cycle the blockchain through their own internal network and servers so it still has the same wow. idea concept but you can easily deploy your product Another thing that does that is Ethereum. Um, that's like the number two currency in, in, in blockchain. And what Ethereum wants to be is AWS or Amazon Web Services for blockchain. They want to be that turnkey solution for deploying your app applications in what they call our dApps, decentralized applications or DAOs. And so they, they put these different type of products on their network and you can easily you know, I shouldn't say easily developers still having that problem of transitioning from everything and deploying it over into a blockchain. It takes a lot more, uh, deeper knowledge of, of coding to do right. that. But, uh, Ethereum is going to do really well. I mean, it, there, there's, no I doubt. Agree. you know, we'll get in, we can get, actually, maybe this is a good time to transition into talking about some of the coins and the differences and such. Um, you know, as a disclaimer, I'm a big fan of, in my due diligence, a big fan of Ethereum simply because, um, you know, I think there's 30 times the amount of development going on on the backbone of Ethereum in the dApps, you know. So a dApp is essentially a decentralized app. That's what it stands for. Um, 30 times the development going on, people interested in it. And yes, Bitcoin, I think, is king. Um, but you already talked about the fact that it has its, its pitfalls as well. Slow transaction speed and super expensive. Yes, it may be the holy, you know, it may be the standard and it may be a store of value, just like we love gold in our, in our society, but we don't really use gold all the time. It just sits in our, a safe, right? Right. Um, but we, it's still the quote unquote gold, like bars of gold or whatever. So, but I think Ethereum is going to be the battery of the, 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 I don't know what I'm trying to say, the fuel or the battery for. Um, I think it's going to be the, yeah, I think it, it will be that catalyst really to taking this from, concept to being a proof of concept you know and an actual a working products and ethereum is that liaison between the dreamers and the realist in blockchain. so when's the flipping when will the flipping happen blake yeah, i want to uh, date on, go on I, record I, i'm gonna guess 
we're going to start using blockchain applications regularly in, in 2019 for sure. I meant the, the flippening from, okay, well, that's good too. I like that. I meant the flippening from Ethereum, second market cap oh. to Bitcoin, first market I, cap. Right? I, I don't think so. I think, uh, I, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold on because yeah. I think that the thing is, is that the more that Ethereum goes up, the more the transactions are going to cost, right? So right. Uh, I, because their founder, Vitalik Buterin, who is one of the weirdest guys <laughs> you'll ever see, and very because he's just so intelligent. He's not weird. He's just living in 2143, the year 2143. He's just from the future. He's not that weird. <laughs> and those who haven't met this guy or seen this guy talk, this kid looks like he just got out of bed. He's been on a Mountain Dew bender for four days playing, you know, uh, World of Warcraft in, in his in his bedroom and hasn't showered and he's usually wearing a unicorn t-shirt or something of the sort. And he looks like he's severely malnourished. That being said, he's probably one of the most intelligent people uh, of our generation and actually very selfless. He is a billionaire. And if he wants to just manipulate Ethereum right now, if he wanted to, to manipulate it and sell out and go be a billionaire. Is he really a billionaire? That is the, you, you guys need to Google pictures of him and just kind of listen to him talk because he literally like, he's almost look, he looks futuristic to me, but he really is a billionaire. The, uh, you're, you're, we're in a new generation where this paradigm shift for billionaires go from, uh, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue to the Walmart racks. I mean, these are wow. just different types of, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he, he's one of the founders of the, you know, he's, he is the founder of the number two blockchain platform. You know, the founder of Bitcoin, no one knows who it is. Uh, Satoshi uh, Nakamoto. Nakamoto. <laughs> you know, no one knows who that is. That's an alias. And they, they've speculated, but no one knows who really started Bitcoin. There's right. some other developers and this one main guy, and then it turned into a Reddit post. Would someone be interested in buying this cryptocurrency in, in this way? So, you know, there's a lot of applications. I mean, so we're talking about Ethereum. Ethereum wants to do what Amazon's done for cloud uh, hosting. Amazon obtains, I think they're about 90% of, of cloud storage, of, way over Google and all of that. In the, so, in the, in the global ecosystem, they're, they're yeah, 90%? Not, 90% of, of uh, oh, servers. Wow. Well, probably the U.S., right? Because the China, China, you know, probably the U.S., no? It, you know, China does use their own. It may be uh, the United – I'm pretty sure it's But global. still, that's a, dominant, that's a dominant thing. So It's so significantly it's, different, yeah. yeah. No that, one really knows that that's where a lot of the money behind Amazon comes. It's not the products they sell. It's the cloud storage and the cloud uh, processing that they do. I mean, they are, my app is on – Amazon, you know, I mean, you use it every day and it's scalable. It could be $15 a month if you're a startup or it could be 50,000 or 5 million a month, you know, depending on, I think Snapchat is even on there and, you know, everybody uses them. And so that's what Ethereum wants to do is make this ecosystem for decentralized applications to be safe. So let's say that you make an application for just communicating with between doctors and sending patient information, you know, between you and the lab for instance, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, they can make a, a, a safe application that'll be encrypt uh, your data there. So that's what they're trying to be and, and bring these applications to, to market. Then you have what's uh, number three, which is Litecoin um, or Dash is pretty good. I mean, it varies now at the number three spot a little bit, but Litecoin is really more focused on being a currency. Uh, they have more transactions per hour or per minute than mm -hmm. Bitcoin does, uh, uh, several more. And so I'm going to pull it up and write on my phone and see what, what the uh, actual one, two, and, two, and three are because it changes. Like it, it, oh, yeah. It, it changes every, every so often. So right now it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple, Bitcoin Cash, Cardano, Litecoin is number six, Neo, NEM, Stellar, and IOTA. Those are the top okay. 10 currently. So I'll break those down a little bit briefly. I'll, I'll tell you, Ripple, like I said, I think is going to revolutionize the banking industry. Uh, they're trying to, they can do several thousands of transactions. It's centralized. I'm surprised you like that from a blockchain guy. But the, as long as you can centralize blockchain and even if you decentralize it, so what they're worried about right now with, with Bitcoin is that these massive server farms will end up taking over all the transactions. And that's mm -hmm. what they're worried about. So it's still blockchain is not perfect. And we're trying to, because Bitcoin was first, doesn't make it the best. And that's what we're finding out now. Right. But because it's so slow and so robust, it's maintaining that, that place. At but that's because it's all proof of work. Right. I know we're getting in the weeds here a little bit, but like. Yeah. So proof um, of work and then proof of stake is, right. 
Ethereum. And then you have Poet, uh, you have uh, SB, STF. We probably just we probably just lost everybody right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can what get all you nerds talking about. Good <laughs> lord. So I won't go into that, but essentially, but the, go the into that. All right. So talk, talk. We talked about Bitcoin. Talked about Ethereum. Talk about Ripple. So you like it, even though it's centralized. Um, I, I like it that it's 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 like I said, it's it's not so much the value of the the encryption of with it. It's the rate at which they can revolutionize banking and transactions and transfers. Like I do a lot of business uh, in China, and that's a headache to do the money. The speed. Okay. So I think that's where it's going to really, it's the back end for the new way of doing credit cards and, you know, credit cards keep getting hacked and all that stuff. And so I think that this will really improve the inefficiencies. In like banking. a banker's coin kind of thing, right? That's yeah, what they're calling. Exactly. And there's okay. a lot of, and the thing is the ledgers that they have to do in banking too. That's the other thing where they really are going to improve the ledger process and transactions with banking. So um, I like Ripple. I like the corporate structure behind it. And that's the other thing people have to look at when they invest in these coins Remember, some are just a currency and you're just investing in that company. Uh, there's another option. So one, you may, you're buying the currency like Bitcoin and other ones, you're going to be buying a currency and you're, uh, that's going to be used in that, in that product. So patient right. in order to transfer uh, records between uh, other uh, users, they have to use that currency, right? To process that transaction. Mm -hmm. Okay. Utility coin there. Other ones, again, you're just buying kind of a stake in that company. So in hopes that what will happen, Blake, that, that the value of that company just keeps growing. Just like a stock you're buying into your, in, an ICO is no different from an IPO. But in, in hopes that they have a revenue model based on the fact that their token is being, your token or coin is being used in transactions. Right. That, that they're, you're investing in or them utility. so that they can use that money to go and grow. So you're investing in a stake in that company. You're just buying gotcha. a stake in that company. And so the currency will grow up just like a stock, but that currency is not being used in that, in that blockchain. So that's where IBM, that's where their enterprise solution is really solid is that you don't need to use a currency to process the transactions. So instead mm -hmm. of having to pay with whatever currency that is and have to mess, deal with that mess, you get the benefits of a blockchain without having the headache of this very volatile currency. Gotcha. So that's going to be a big new movement in, you know, to market products because that way you don't have to sell the whole idea of you need to invest in this currency and hold it. And then you can use the blockchain technology. So do your homework and look at each one. You can Google anything. So when you look at these white papers of these ICOs, Google their algorithm and Google the benefits of it and think about the product they're using. And, you know, again, is it realistic that people are going to go buy Dentacoin and your patient's going to pay you in that and you're going to do that? No, it's not. Now, they're creating this blockchain and maybe they'll do be able to do something beneficial with it, but it, that's just not a realistic idea. My, uh, one of my buddies runs a, um, has a private Facebook group for dentists. It's called 10X uh, Dentist or 10X Technology and Dentistry. And he actually asked, he posed the question to the group, will, will anyone use um, Denticoin in their practice as, a, as a, an, you know, a medium? I think I was the only one who responded maybe because, um, but at any rate, um, yeah, I don't see I don't see that having legs. Um, the cool thing would be, you know, we talked you talked about transactional fees and such, but one one pain point for us as small business owners is, you know, when you have large cases or even small cases, you know, when when Amex takes three point whatever percent, um, you know, because they're because they're the they're the medium for that transaction to happen. You know, that, you know, that's tough. I mean, they, that obviously cuts into our net net. And so, you know, that was another exciting part when I learned about like, yes, you could travel across borders with your money and yes, and, and maybe getting rid of this, this intermediary called Amex or Visa or whatever, right, may, may actually be um, something that helps, helps us. Yeah. So No, and, I, and I, again, that's why I like things like Ripple. I think an enterprise solution, you know, is, is great. I don't think we're going to really get this holistic decentralizing everything adoption as much as I wish it would. And, you know, we could decentralize the internet and things like that. Right. It, it obviously it would be great, but this is, a, that's the utopian society that we'd be in. I mean, it's not realistic yet. And so I think, you know, the government's trying to get their hands in it. Um, for those who've heard of Silk Road, you know, it was this marketplace for very bad things. It was, uh, it's on the dark like web. Drug deal. It was drug dealers and, and, and yeah. And, and, and you name it, anything that could be done illegally, it was done. This was like the Craigslist of Craigslist. <laughs> and that was the gen, that was really what, that's when, when I was exposed to Bitcoin, God, I wish I hadn't listened to that person. When I was exposed to that in like 2011. Yeah. Um, you know, back then you could have bought like, I mean, yeah, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd be on my own island at this point. Yeah. Um, 
but <laughs> but you know at the, then I thought, ooh, that looks sketchy. Like it's only used for like weird transactions that you don't want to be, and then and you know want, don't want to be accounted for, right? Because of the security right. and and stuff like that. So yeah, Silk Road was, is kind of the dark web, right? Right, and the currency yeah. that they use on well, it was hosted on the dark web, but okay. it, was just, it was like a, like I said, it was a Craigslist of Craigslist. You know, it was like really right. dirty, but, <laughs> and, it, and it was on the dark web, which is like this underground internet, if you will. And uh, people were paying for transactions with Bitcoin. It was a very easy way to move money around, and you know, the government can't take it unless it, it's it's literally you can store it in what's called a cold wallet, so you trade it on platforms. But if you have a lot of current cryptocurrency, you download their wallet. And it stores it like a safe on your hard drive of your device, your computer. And so you keep it there. And that way, I mean, I mean, there's a guy in London, I think he threw his, his computer out that had like something like uh, 200 2000. or yeah, maybe it's 2,400 Bitcoin or something. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's millions of dollars of Bitcoin in right. some landline in, in the UK. But um, so it's stored there. So what happened was when they, the FBI raided all the, the founder of Silk Road, they took his computer. And so now the FBI holds about 200 million, I think, or more. It's somewhere around there of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. No shit. It's locked up in evidence somewhere, you know, hundreds of millions. And they're actually fighting to get to use that currency. They're, they're trying oh, to get wow. access to it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and that, that's what happened. I mean, like I said, these, these people became millionaires overnight, a lot of these people. <laughs> Um, so, you know, everybody just got into the game. It, it went up to 20,000 Bitcoin did and everybody's all excited. Now it's becoming a household name and but nobody really understands it yet. And, and I always tell people to do their due diligence. And it took me like five or six different, um, blockchain videos and articles to fill it, fully start grasping the concept. Mm -hmm. And I've read several books. I've taken several courses. I'm taking, like I said, the one through EDX now, and I'm still learning all of it. I mean, there's so much to retain as well as people are still exploring the tech. So right. a lot it's of these- It's so ideas emerging, like you said, that you're so emerging that no one's really, unless you're Vladimir, the guy we just spoke about, no one's really the master at it, right? Because it's right. just, it's such a hard thing to understand. But I think it's like kind of this hope, you know, I, I wanted to bring this on the podcast because I think, like I said, it's an emerging technology. It may have applicability to us in medical and dental. But also from the fact that, like I said, awareness is awesome on a tech tech like this because it's going to shape our world in many facets. Just we don't have that timeline of how it's going to do that yet. Yeah, right? no, I mean, there's a company called uh, there's there's a BlockSafe, which is Trig is their symbol. They mm. want to make smart gun technology to improve the inefficiencies in guns and the mm -hmm. ledgers there about how you can just write on hand and the FBI just has all these handwritten applications and stuff. So they want to move that into a very rapidly interoperable uh, system for keeping the records of the guns and, and making sure we track where those are going better. But I think yeah. it's applicable in medical devices and logistics. We're going to see, like I said, a big push in logistics with all of this and seeing how, how it can benefit things. And I'm still kind of trying to understand on the logistics side how it can benefit stuff. But really that's a, they're a big advocate. UPS just signed up for it. And so I think, uh, you know, big companies are coming into it now and they're seeing their stocks jump skyrocket yeah. just because the name blockchain. But yeah, like the Long Island Tea changed their name to Long Blockchain, like literally a tea company and their stock, I think, 4X in a day. <laughs> and that's what's that's scary. That's the pandemonium going on, right? And so a lot of people are investing not knowing what's going on for from a truly from a FOMO standpoint. I mean, I was guilty of it. Um, because your FOMO is fear of missing out is the acronym, if y'all don't know. And so you, literally it's this pandemonium that's kind of like people are thinking like shit, you know, and then we've got people like, uh, you know, um, John, uh, McAfee from McAfee virus who started saying yeah. like, if, if Bitcoin doesn't hit a million by 2020, I'll eat, I'll eat my own man parts. And like, so it's just causing this, like, what, what do you mean? A mil like, so it's this huge thing and everyone's calling it a bubble and it's been called a bubble since it was a thousand bucks. And you know, yeah. so it's just, it's super cool. And it's a super interesting to, to, to learn about a technology that could transform the world. Even if, even if you're not going to invest in it, speaking yeah. of, and, and that everybody needs to quit being so bipolar with it. <laughs> Don't go right. All in right. You're either in or out. Like I have some, I have some, my, <laughs> I have some of my buddies that are in financing or just in bank. And literally I cannot, if I bring it up, they will, they will gut me. Uh, because they just, you know, we can't even talk about it, but, um, all right. So we made the disclaimer. It's not financial recommendations, but if someone's interested and they want to learn about some of these alt coins, you know, they're called alt coins, things that are off the, the Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, 
altcoins or stuff that we, you had already made reference to. So if, but if someone wants to look at some cool technology or something they might want to look at investing in or just learning more, what would, what would be some cool ones out there that you like, Blake? I like NEO. Uh, they're like Ethereum for the Asian market. Uh, they're mm -hmm. really trying to focus on getting China on the same page. And so there's been a lot of speculation, but I really like NEO. Uh, okay. I'm in a bunch of different WhatsApp groups with different traders. A guy has got his own, he's starting his own hedge fund in Argentina for, for, cryptocurrencies. So that's why I believe in the longevity of it all. Mm -hmm. so you see people starting hedge funds who are really intelligent people. So uh, that being said, I, I like, I like I said, I like Ripple. I like Verge. Uh, it's simple as XVG. And because it, they have what's called a atomic swap, you can swap one currency for a different currency. And it'll probably be that dirty currency where, you know, it's used in illegal transactions probably or so, but I'm trying to monetize it on the trade trading it basically. Did, I also, that, was that the Wraith protocol? Yeah. Wraith protocol. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So you like, okay. So you, it's XVG. What do you think about stellar? Cause I know that's actually got some um, influence from IBM that we talked about IBM and their blockchain. I know that they're kind of involved in that. I've had stellar since it was a penny. It, w it went up to or actually just sub of a penny. So it, I think it hit what 69 cents last yeah. week. It's wow. about 38 cents or something like that. So that's one I've been a believer of early. Um, I think financial, I think is a very, like I said, once you understand the tech, then you'll go, okay, I see what I want to invest in here with these mm -hmm. type of techs. I that's think uh, I like the marijuana coins and I'll tell you why is because right now they can't bank. They can't use the banks for mm -hmm. the, because of the federal uh, laws and, and with. What are some examples of those? Uh, it's actually, there's one that are symbols THC, the hemp coin. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, cannabis and the THC is the one I hold right now. Uh, okay. There's hemp coin, there's cannabis, there's a few others. So look at those. I think again, that's a great application for them because then they can kind of legitimize what they're doing. Uh, something people need to keep in mind is that North Korea, Venezuela, other countries who are being banned from using their currency have a lot of money and they need to somehow use it. So North Korea has been trying to hack these uh, trading platforms like crazy and they've got a lot of speculation that they have a lot of ethereum and i think bitcoin as well um but you know again you've got to realize there's countries who are putting uh, estonia is trying to make their own cryptocurrency so it's well because their currency is failing right like so right. now like you have company countries that actually are doing mass adoption to this because like you just talked about venezuela and doing the uh, they're trying to do their own petrol or something like that right yeah they're going to so back it with oil adoption yeah. because their fiat currency or their paper money is failing Right. And, and you can't manipulate it. I mean, Zimbabwe, you know, they're trying to, everybody in Zimbabwe is apparently buying Bitcoin like crazy. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that there's a lot of benefits on the currency side too, because you can't, it can't be manipulated. Mm -hmm. it can't, I know there's the, the dark side of it is that, you know, let's say that you're an embezzler and <laughs> you want to put a bunch of money somewhere, right. you can, there's, but you got to realize that there are billionaires who are drug dealers out there in this world. And that means that that's money's in this thing. And so uh, that's again, why I feel secure in this currency because there's all types of people involved. I think the, the last I checked, it was at $475 billion in, in cryptocurrency right now. Not Maybe, maybe today after bloody Tuesday, but it was approaching last time we were talking, actually, it was approaching $1 trillion. Yeah. Um, it was at 650 or seven. So it's here to stay, right? You know, it's yeah. not a fad. I think it's here to stay, whether it's currency or technology or what, but you know, there's only a, there's only $150 trillion of money supply in the entire world. And so when you, when you start talking about a trillion, like it's not going anywhere, right? It, it's only going to grow. And as you lose faith in your governments and your countries and your currency, and I'm not talking about just the US, I'm talking about just any country in general. I mean, South America, mm -hmm. the RAND compared to the dollars, way down, you know. So there's a lot of benefits to this and, and some security there. I always tend to, I put in all my, when I trade, I go on what's called Bitrix. I have account with Coinbase, Kraken, and Bitrix. They're all trading platforms. Mm -hmm. Coinbase is the first one for anybody who wants to start trading. That's the, the, the very easy enterprise solution one. And you get on there, you can buy Bitcoin, Ether, and Litecoin. Uh, you know, I, I, that's a good place to start. Then educate yourself before you get into this. Don't just look at it from numbers side. It's very mm -hmm. weird. A lot of people get on Twitter and think that that's where all the knowledge is. That's where all the manipulated knowledge is. See, that's the other thing about this is that people are so bipolar with it that it can be easily manipulated. So, mm -hmm. you know, I lived through what was called the China FUD, and you have too. And, and what it was is just China was banning all cryptocurrencies. Hey, uh, tell, tell everyone what FUD is. 
Uh, what is the acronym standing Fear, for? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I didn't want to mess that one up. And so, so you just, they create this pandemonium in order to manipulate the price. Right. And it's just speculation a lot of the times. And like right now, the speculation is that the government's coming down on it. Well, if you understand the tech, you'll understand how hard this is to police mm-hmm. or to stop. Uh, well, you can't do, stop it unless you stop the internet, right? In a sense, uh, unless you control 51% of that network. So if I had 50, right. control of 51% of the servers on Bitcoin, I could do whatever I wanted with it. I see. Um, because again, it's a democracy, so it takes 51% vote. And so it takes 51% of the computing power basically to, to do it or the, the, the nodes on the, the system. So okay. that being said, I do think there's going to be strict regulation coming down on ICOs. There should be. This yeah. is becoming, you got to be, get, guys got to be very careful. There are a lot of scams on these mm-hmm. ICOs because it's so easy to start. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would be very skeptical of these, of these ICOs and make sure that you vet them. And I would look more to altcoins that have been around for a little while and have really solid teams. Look at the people, the founders, LinkedIn, get, you know, mm-hmm. get familiar with who's really saying they're there and find out that there's something there anchoring them down so they don't just jet set and get out of here and go live in Ecuador or something. So you talked about Twitter being the place where there's a lot of FUD um, and not a good place to do your due diligence. Where is some or where are some places to do due diligence? I always tell, I think that you should get on Twitter and just, but just take it for a grain of salt. So I, I tend to trade opposite of what Twitter does a lot of the times because I'm going, all right, I'll look at these KOLs or these big influencers in, on Twitter and, and I'll go, okay, they're saying this, they're going to manipulate it. They're going to do a, what's called a pump and dump. They build it up and hype it up. So a bunch of people buy in real quick and then they sell and then they rebuy when it takes a 20 or 30% hit and drops back down. So I would still look at Twitter and just find the companies that you're investing. That's a good way that they communicate. Uh, on these ICOs, they usually leave what's called their Slack channel. Slack is just like a very nice message board that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of tech companies use. So you can get on there and see their different channels on development and pipeline and where they're at in the roadmap. Um, also Reddit is a great place. You can get on the, there's tons of subcategories for each currency. Usually Reddit's yeah. a great source. Um, you know, LinkedIn, there's been a lot of great influencers there now that are posting some great articles on medium and stuff like that. Um, honestly, it's going to take you doing your own research because the information out there is only as good as the writer. And because mm-hmm. we're all still this blank canvas of blockchain technology, granted, there are some very intelligent people who know it and have made the algorithms, but they're, they're pretty quiet people. Um, these ones that are boasting knowledge and information, you want to be very skeptical of and, and make sure you have some way of vetting them and validating them and, and confirm that, you know, like test them out, watch them for a few transactions, see if they're accurate, and then you could go that way. Then a lot of people are selling little message groups. They'll sell access to their WhatsApp groups so they can give you trade advice and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Again, be careful there. But really, I just tell people to do your homework, do your own research, which you'll see that on Twitter all the time, D-Y-O-R. Um, but do your own research and make an educated decision about it and then don't throw anything that you're dependent upon. At, right, you know, not right money. I'm long on blockchain now. I don't think we've got, I mean, now because we just took a big hit, we're, we're going to see some climbs. I think in my, my prediction is going to be around 25,000 by the summer for Bitcoin. Um, I think Ether will be probably in around the 2,000, 2,500 range. Um, and the other ones, who knows? I mean, Ripple may be around four or $5, but a lot of these, there's, the point of them is to keep their currency, you know, from getting too crazy because then their transaction costs go really high. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I like the, the last one I really like is, um, Patientory, like I was talking about patientory, because again, I think you're right. I think medical needs this. And so I, 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 I'm still exploring, looking at doing this for dentistry, but it takes a lot more research and it's going to take a lot for the market to make that paradigm shift. I agree. I agree. Especially with our, you know, like I said, our proprietary software is it just nothing being standardized. And um, so it's probably not going to happen, you know, in the, in my, well, I shouldn't say in my career, but I, I you know, probably in the next five years is probably not going to be, mainstay still i don't know you know who knows how things move quickly right well these millennials Um, are taking over so we'll see (laughs) smart um the um the last thing i was going to have talked to you about and i know we've got we got into the weeds but it was it's interesting to me and and hopefully you know i may even make the disclaimer before i start this podcast that like hey you know it, it, it gets it gets pretty uh uh, not intense, but you know, we go pretty deep into this. So, you know, it may not be for you, you know, I may make this claim yeah. if you want to learn about it, it's an awesome venue because, but, but Blake, it speaks volumes of 
your knowledge of this speaks volumes about how passionate you are in, in, in your nine to five job. Right. And so I think it's, I think if anyone's thinking about, you know, concerns about, or not concerns, if they have, they have any implant questions or want to set their office up for sedation, all these things, obviously you're a world of knowledge and something that isn't your mainstay. So I can only imagine the wealth of knowledge you are in, in, in our field. Uh, I want to, you have anything else to kind of add in, in kind of closing about bit, Bitcoin or anything that I haven't given you an opportunity to talk about? Um, anything you want to add? No, no, I appreciate it. I will add just because the timing since our last time we did this, uh, there was talks that Korea was going to come down. South Korea was going to start banning cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. All they're doing is investigating the trading platforms. When you guys hear the news, it's really just legitimizing these trading platforms and ICOs, which it needs that. It needs regulation mm -hmm. and that side of things. But look into the tech, explore it. Look at what IBM's doing. There's a, it's called hyperledger.org, I believe. Uh, it's the hyperledger fabric is what the one ecosystem working with IBM, but look mm -hmm. at what they're doing and the companies behind it, even Pfizer and all that's behind it. I mean, there's a lot of major players putting a lot yep. of money in this and explore the tech and, and understand it. Cause the more dentists that understand this, the more likely it's going to be coming into our industry. And that I think it's going to be very beneficial for not only you guys, but for the patients. I think it'll move faster than I actually thought now, because you're right. Dentists are inherently very smart and very techie, believe it, you know, believe it or not. So more, yeah. more so than I think even some physician counterparts, because we have a lot of, you know, we have to know a lot about, you know, a lot of disciplines in our field and, and we love the tech. That's actually a running joke in, in our offices that we'll buy the fancy object when we go to the conventions. So I think that that can be extrapolated into, the, into even just um, virtual tech almost, you know, I'm calling blockchain a virtual tech. So maybe you're right. Maybe this will be, implemented much faster than I anticipate. And that would be bueno in my mind. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look at all my 3d printers are in dental offices now. I, Shit, you know, right. I right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. So, well, oh, thanks for the kind cool. words and thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it, man. You're, you're a cool dude, Blake. And I appreciate you coming on twice now, even though I'm only going to publish it once. Uh, <laughs> you're a cool dude. And I, man, I wish you nothing but success. And I, I hope I can help you uh, play a part in that success for you, buddy. Thank you're you very dude. much. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate it, man. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.